This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. I haven't moved off that since Wednesday. I nothing nothing you guys have history. said. Nothing you guys have well, said has convinced me otherwise. The, yeah. the Lions are going the Lions have fought this season. They are not a talented team. They've got a terrible quarterback and I think their head coach is mo- mostly rah-rah and not as much scheme. But they have fought their asses off. They have not quit at all. And this is a prime opportunity for them with more rest, all of these things to finally get their first win of the season. The Vikings have been fighting too. The Vikings have not quit on Zimmer, the Vikings have not quit on Kirk or anything. Correct. I think there. I think there's some angst. I think there's some tension, but this just feels really bad to me. I tried to tell you guys. I tried to tell you guys. Tried to tell Declan. Declan laughed all week. Yeah, I told you, you the Vikings are going to lose to the Detroit Lions. The Lions will pick up their first win of the season against the Vikings, and now you know. Now you saw it. Hey. What did I say? Close game. All I had to do was get a defensive stand. Kirk did his yeah. job, okay? All I had to do was get a defensive stand. I They, they win a close game. Uh, yeah, no, you said it would be a close game. Laughably, you, you, you laughed at the notion that the Vikings would lose the game. You said, no, 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 no. Your radar is wrong. The Vikings are still fighting. It will be close a close game. game. You hedged. Yep. You hedged. You've watched enough Vikings football. That loss was on the table for a week. And they deserved every single thing oh, yeah. they got on that last drive by Jared yep. Goff and Dan Campbell. Mm-hmm. Should we just get right into I, statements here? I agree completely with that. Okay. All right, let's 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 start with Judd here. It's Mackie and Judd. I don't know, if you missed Ventline yesterday, it was fantastic. It was great therapy. Um, it's our. I think it's already our second most consumed Ventline of the season behind the Cooper Rush debacle on Halloween. So, Judd, why don't you start us off here? Statements on Mackie and Judd. Okay, I'm going to start off with a positive one. I'm going to start this Monday after a loss to the woeful, feeble, pathetic Lions with a positive statement regarding the Vikings. Statement number one, this was a good loss. This was a great loss. This is a fantastic defeat because, one, the Vikings deserved what they got. So it's not like, oh, man, they played a great game and they lost at the end. What a heartbreaker. And second of all, this... um, Imagine this entire season as a paper trail to fire people. And the paper trail just keeps getting stronger and stronger. The documentation in New Jersey from the Wilfs gets stronger and stronger. And now, you know, we've got the Cooper Rush loss, which is a a bad loss. The Cowboys are good, but Cooper Rush had never started a game in his life before. Uh, Yesterday's a worse loss, and and so now there's an accumulation of reasons to not only fire the coach, which I think is a um, a done deal, but also T- today. To fire... Do you think it happens today? No, no, no. And I okay. don't think it happens. And if they lose to Pittsburgh, there, there's an argument to be made that they could do it on Friday. And my question remains the same: Why? What's the point at this point? They're done. Like they don't deserve. 
Are you really that anxious and eager to slip into the seventh playoff seed? Like, just let it go. Just, just let go of the rope. And, but the point is, the paper trail now includes, I think, the GM, Rick Spielman. This allows you to have a thorough vetting of the entire franchise and where things stand. And you know what? Sometimes, gentlemen, it's not a, you're fired. Sometimes it's a, thank you for your service. And I feel that this yeah. is a, thank you for your service, Rick. Thank you for your service, Mike. But it's just time for change. I don't think this is a contentious bloodletting. Everyone has to go because you're all failures. I think it's run its course. And yesterday's loss, the statement is that was a good loss. Yeah, like it doesn't. It doesn't need to be kick a guy in the ass on the way out. You know, hmm. you know when Dennis Green was let go after what 2001. It was or during the 2001 season. It was all right. There might have been a little bit of a kick in the ass there. But listen, thank you for 10 years of. Pretty good coaching. You know, that 98 season was fun. You know, wish you went to soiled yourself in the NFC Championship right. game. But, like, you know, it doesn't. I think the Mike, did a good job. Yep, the Mike Zimmer era, it, it's going to finish above 500. They went to an NFC Championship game. Did they reach the goals that everyone wanted them to? No, but, you know, if this is like the third game this season where it's just very perfectly crystallizing. Yeah, it's just probably the end of the Mike Zimmer era. Uh, all right, Mike. So you covered sort of the Zimmer side of things. I'm going to cover the quarterback. Here's my first statement, and uh, I'm taking this from a uh, a loyal listener, Michael, who DM'd me what I think is a it's a good comparison here. Kirk Cousins has the highest floor and lowest ceiling of any quarterback, maybe in NFL history. Like he's even yesterday. Yesterday was actually a perfect microcosm of his career, where he puts up an impeccable stat line. If you go and so. You watch the game without looking at the stats, and you would think to yourself, God, the offense scored six points in the first half against the Lions. They they, they weren't cashing in in the red zone. A lot of checkdowns, and there's some play-calling things in there, like tight end screens and things and, and whatnot. And then in the second half, it's like, okay, he almost threw like three interceptions. You know, he had a couple passes rattle off the numbers of Detroit wide receivers. The eye test, unless you guys disagree with me, the eye test yesterday was, was like, what are they doing offensively? And then they finally pick it up and start scoring points in part because the Lions gave them ridiculous field position too on that final drive. So right. I test, you'd be like, what? Box score, you'd say, holy crap, 340, two touchdowns, no interceptions, a 117 passer rating, and a loss, which is his career. Um and if you dig deeper, obviously, like the performance was a fake. It wasn't like like a lot of people want to say, well, look at the numbers Kirk put up. Everything else was so garbage around him that, you know, he was the only one preventing them from losing, tw- whatever, 29 to nothing. Uh, but I went in today just out of curiosity to see where Kirk currently stands among the all-time greats. And did you know yesterday's performance by Kirk lifted him into fifth place all-time above Drew Brees on the all-time passer rating list? Oh, Congratulations. Wow. Oh. To Kirk oh, Cousins. Take that. Yep. So I know the Vikings lost, but who cares about team wins and losses? Kirk Cousins is now fifth on the all-time passer rating list with a 98.8 passer rating. Just an amazing, tremendous feat. Here's my question, too, because I feel like I feel like I'm stuck in in this uh, cocoon of negligence and at times stupidity. 
How can anybody who is, and I realize this is not a, a apples to apples, all of the same people, but if you're a Minnesota sports fan and you are a hockey fan in the state of hockey and you're a Vikings fan, how can you watch Kirk and not see this for exactly what it Dude. is? Ryan Suter spent how long banging you over the head with, my ice time's great. Look at what I'm doing. Can't criticize me, right? I mean, they're the same guy. Suter might be a slightly better player at what he does, but I think they're very comparable. Statistically, they do really well, and they are seen as, oh, my God, you got that guy, right? How can you be a fan, and especially now with what we're seeing? Suter gone. You think it's a coincidence? (laughs) So, what I don't understand is how do we always fall into these debates about, well, I mean, Kirk's not at fault and you can't get rid of Kirk. Kirk is a Kirk is a net negative on the organization. At so that there's price. No question about at it. The, the price. Yeah. The price. But, but I'm in. saying but I'm saying his personality might be a net ne- negative on, because of his position at any price. Yep. I agree at, with that. At, at some point in time, you how do you not watch this? It's the same guy. I, I was told I was told that Ryan Suter between periods would look at the stat sheet to see how much he was playing, okay? You're t- <laughs> I guarantee you Kirk Cousins the first thing he does is pick up the game. Dude, he ha- I think he is obsessed and he's mastered this. He has mastered this in his career. He's obsessed with making sure that his completion percentage, his passer rating are all impeccable. Yeah. And hopefully him put and sometimes him putting up those numbers does translate to a great offensive performance and a win or whatever. But he has become a master of when when it's third down and 18 or it's second down and 14 and he checks down for seven yards. That is a seven yard completion that ups your completion percentage. It ups your (laughs) passer rating. Right. And, and, And there's the Kirk Crusaders think we are psychos and don't know football when we say things like this. But here's another one. So. Again, he's now fifth on the all-time passer rating list. He just passed Drew Brees. Congratulations. When you look Who's at the, next, that's, all, that's yeah. my question. Who's um, let's see Who's here. Next? So, uh, yeah, Who's at, he coming for? as Goldberg would say, Russell Wilson, you're, you're next. next. And then Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson is actually second on this list. He's only been in the league. He doesn't play like four seasons. Uh, and Pat Mahomes. So the the other nine guys in the top ten, this is what's nuts. Every other quarterback in the top 10 has a winning record by far. The only guy that's kind of close to 500 is Deshaun Watson. He's like 28 and 25. And and he he actually had a much better record before the 4 and 12 debacle last year where the entire team was trying to get Bill O'Brien fired and that's also a bottom 3 franchise. Like I want to give I want to give Deshaun Watson more than 4 years to see like how his career plays out. So you almost have to put him off to the side, but the other guys on this list, Aaron Rodgers, his teams are 70 games over 500. Russell Wilson, his teams are 50 games over 500. Drew Brees' teams are 60 games over 500. Hell, Tony Romo's on this list. Tony Romo's teams are 30 games over 500 in his career. So why is it that Kirk's teams are below 500, yet he's fifth on the all-time passer rating list? And it brings you to the same intersection every time. Either his numbers are more hollow than people would like to think, or his coaches, his teammates, everything around him is just garbage, and he's the only one propping, which a lot of people amazingly think that he's like the glue that's preventing this thing from being a two-win team. 
And if that's what you see on Sundays, if that's what you saw yesterday, that he was the that he was the Pat Mahomes yesterday, and without him, they would have gotten beat thirty-one to three inside that stadium. Then I'm sorry, but you're an idiot. So that's my statement. I'm done. He also was checking down when it mattered, and as, as soon as there there was a sigh of "Well, we got to come back now. It's comeback time." So the pressure is pretty much off me. He was good. I like this. The, the story of his career is told in moving pictures, not in statistics. It's told in moving pictures. Watch the pictures. Yeah, watch the game. Um, watch the games. Watch the game. Look at the score. Yeah. Look at the time on the clock. Look at when it matters. I mean, there's so many elements that that's why box scores are are so so often so so misleading in so many different ways. fifth all time. Way to go, Wes! Congratulations. Yep. Hang the banner. Hang the banner. Way to go. All right, Dex. Just another banner. Uh, my opening statement is I hate this year's Vikings team. I hate this team. <laughs> yes. I'm, yes. I'm, I'm so Let them have pissed it. off for losing to the winless Lions, dude. Forever bleeping down your legs. And I loathe that all I did, all I wanted was saying, speaking it into existence, they're going to kick their ass. The Lions stink. They haven't won a football game all season. This loss pissed me off more than any other loss this season. More than the Cooper Rush game, more than a missed field goal against a good Arizona team. This loss, you allowed Jared Goff to waltz down the field in 14 plays with no timeouts and dagger you. Bashat, or uh, Xavier Woods not coming over the top. You're rushing only three guys. Mike Zimmer, you're the defensive guru, and you allowed Dan Campbell and Jared Goff to beat you. My biggest thing in sports, my biggest thing is beat the teams you should beat. The Lions are beatable. Top to down, they are completely beatable. If you can go 500 against good teams, great. But kick the bad team's ass. You couldn't even do that. You couldn't even do that. And the sad thing is, this team can still back their way into the playoffs. There's still a, <laughs> there's still a legitimate path for this team to win uh, the, the seventh seed in the NFC. And I'm still going to be upset that they lost to the Lions and they lost all these other close games. But this one, to me absolutely infuriates me 24 hours later. You trailed for 98% of this game to the Lions. You didn't have the lead till last, like, two minutes to go. You were trailing to the Lions all damn game, dude. And you're still not throwing up on the sticks. Kirk Cousins can't do anything. You, you think you honestly think this team would only have one win without Kirk Cousins? Then how come Denver has six wins? How come Miami has four or five wins? How come Carolina has wins? This team can figure out ways to win. And Kirk has been great this year. That's fine. But you have to figure out a way to beat the GD Lions, and you can't do it. I don't want that. You no, know, you don't want that. This was a good loss. No, this, it was not this, a good loss. This was a this great was not loss. A I'm with John loss. on this, dude. This is this, anything that gets people fired is a good loss. Yesterday's <sighs> loss was good for the franchise. Yep. I know it sucks to hear. I know there's a lot of people. You're being a bad fan, no, dude. Like if you if you want no. this team to win a Super Bowl, yeah. At some point, it's not happening this year. That loss yesterday <laughs> crystallized everything. <sighs> just just like the Cooper Rush loss at home on Sunday night. And if I'm not mistaken, if we're going through the 12 games this season, the two games that Declan has been the most adamant and confident about were the Cooper Rush game, going into the Cooper Rush uh, game, and going into the Lions game. I, I, I will redact that because the Cooper Rush game, both Judd and I said the, the, the doomsday and Halloween scenario is Cooper Rush will dagger you. 
Okay. And I believe that actually was you that was saying, no, dude, it's Cooper Rush. And we can actually, like, the, the, we were, we had a little bit that? of trepid. Yeah, you did. I'm too old to remember so, that. So, well, I'll oh, tweets exposed. I'll, I'll make a mental note. I'll right, go back yeah, to watch. Uh, Maybe you're probably right. No, I think you're probably right. You're probably right. But yes. I like it. You're probably right. Yeah, this is a good, Dex, this is a good loss, man. You are, you are going to get the change. Look. Do you enjoy right now where the wild is at? Yes, I love it. They're not there unless there. they suffer losses like this. They're not there unless they suffer losses like this. Take the short-term pain for the long-term changes I, that I've are going to be I've had long-term pain. My, 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 the majority of no, my No, but you need is... changes. What, okay. I know, what, but you what, need changes again. Dude, the so only I. thing to me, the only thing that would give you hope for this season is if what you thought was going to happen happened. Like if they were to come out yesterday and just throttle that team, you would have said, "All right, okay." So they're back to five hundred. You beat the Steelers. You could, the offense has, has looked. Let's say they, they hang forty on the Lions yesterday. And it's like, all right, now there's another great offensive performance. You could start to talk yourself into, well, maybe they can, you know, beat the Steelers, the Bears twice, get to ten wins or whatever, and then make some noise in the playoffs and, and, and get hot. But that was ultimately, with this head coach and with that quarterback and all the injuries they have too, that was never possible. And so, like, a squeak-it-out win over the Lions only prolongs the inevitable. I'm with Judd on this. That was was a helpful loss to the franchise yesterday, as hard as that is to hear as a fan. Yeah. All right, Judd. My next statement is, do not believe the box score. And I'm not talking about Kirk, but I'm going to peel away the box score. From yesterday's game regarding a guy that we all think is an outstanding player, Justin Jefferson, who, if you look at the box score this morning, oh, my goodness, 14 targets. Oh, yeah. 11 catches, 182 yards, a touchdown. Oh, oh, my God. Justin Jefferson had a great. Oh, man, the defense was terrible. But Justin Jefferson and the Vikings, Clint Kubiak must have been dialing up all the right plays. Let me help you out here and peel away what needs to be peeled away to get a proper read on what Justin Jefferson was allowed to do when it mattered most. He caught three passes for 32 yards on the Vikings' last sort of desperation drive of the first half, which ended in disaster. But nonetheless, the Vikings were down and Kirk was trying to get them back. And so now he's going to throw to JJ because, oh, he has to, all right? Before that, So before the last drive of the first half, playing the Detroit Lions, playing the Detroit Lions, who up until this point, up until the last drive of the first half by Minnesota, we were told, oh, man, they're playing the cloud coverage. They're playing too deep. You got no chance of throwing to J.J. Justin Jefferson. No team has ever cracked the Lions cloud coverage. And in 50 years (laughs) of cloud cloud coverage dominance. Cloud coverage. Cloud coverage. Oh, my God. It's checkmate. It's cloud coverage. Boys, let's go home. Boys, let's go home. It's cloud <laughs> coverage. Let's pack her up. Go home. Um, Justin Jefferson, before that last drive, three catches for 32 yards, had two receptions on two targets for 53 yards. On a day, just let me go through the stats again, the final stats, okay? Uh, on a day that he finished with 14 targets, 11 catches, 182 yards, and a touchdown, Up until the last drive of the first half, he had two targets, two catches, 53 yards. These are the type of things we need to look into as far as the box score goes and strip away when it mattered most, when the Vikings had every chance and and 
God bless him. He wasn't good. But as Jay Feely kept saying in the second half, you can't really stop this guy. Detroit's trying and you can't do it. Two targets, two catches, 53 yards when it mattered most. Yeah. Like that's that's what we need to get into, not what were the final statistics. Yeah, I'm I agree. not blaming Jefferson. What I'm saying is between Kirk, who checked down a lot, that's his call, between Clint Kubiak saying, cloud coverage, we're done. Um, between all of the people throwing up their hands and saying this elite special receiver cannot be used because the Lions are making it impossible. And by the way, that made it one second half of the game here, and the, that made it uh, nearly four quarters of give up with Jefferson because there's nothing we can do. What Real quick, what, what do you have to say to the masses of people that – think you're crazy for, well, for for looking at a box score that says 340 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. The defense gave up a touchdown drive to Jared Goff. Why are you talking about Kirk Cousins in any in any way other than positive? Like, yeah, maybe it was a slow start, but ultimately 340, two touchdowns, a 117 passer rating. Dude, what are you doing? Why do you hate Kirk Cousins? Because my interest is in exposing all of the flaws thoroughly to cause the changes that have to be made, and Zimmer and his defense have been exposed. They're done. Their time is done. Yeah, I think it's like like that's the obvious deficiency. Right. The hidden hidden deficiency is the guy that puts up the fifth all-time passer rating, and and yet his teams are below 500. Why is that? What are the the hidden deficiencies there that are preventing his teams from winning for 10 years? And as I wrote at uh, scorenorth.com in my column last night, I have found a way, I really believe, in, in this holiday season to, to unite all Vikings fans in this. Let's put down our, let's put down our well, we can't blame Kirk, but we have to blame Zimmer, or, or it's the defense's fault, it's not Kirk's fault, or anything like that. Let's, let's let that go and do what we should do. Blame everybody. A lot of people need to go. A lot of people need to be fired. Um, I'm sorry if you have jerseys, okay? But I can't help you. There's a very good chance that you're going to have to get the name changed or you're going to be wearing the name of a former Viking player soon. Let's blame everybody. Because the only way, this thing is really at the point of needing to be swept clean. Not, oh, who can we save? Who can we say, you know, who can we give the lifeboat to? I want to give the lifeboat to Kirk. No, let's give it to Zim. No, let's give it to Rick. He drafts. Look at all the draft picks. Let's drop that. And, and in a time of giving and sharing and caring and a glorious time, let's all unite to say, no, everyone's at fault here. I'm not going to pick sides. The only side I'm going to pick is of my fellow Viking fan in saying I strive for excellence. And that, and you're not getting that. And there's no reason to try and save uh, save people now. Uh, there are a few marvelous players left. I agree with that completely. Justin Jefferson's beyond good, and the Vikings have a nice little core group. I think the personnel group's pretty good. But when it comes to, to key players, why are we banging our heads against the wall to be like, "Well, Phil Mackey sucks because Kirk is good"? No, it's just done. <laughs> It's over. Blame <laughs> um, everybody. Yeah, I've, I've been avoiding my at replies this morning. But that's what I right. say to those people. Let's all unite. 
Um, All we are saying is give the Vikings a chance. Okay, John Lennon. Yeah, easy. All right. All right, All right guy. Yeah. Okay. Um, my second statement, and I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on defense just real quick here. Mm-hmm. Mike Zimmer was asleep at the wheel on the Lions' final drive. What were they doing? So Jared Goff is one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. And furthermore, he's one of the worst quarterbacks when pressured in the NFL. He's rated like 31st, I want to say, against pressure, according to PFF. His passer rating is like 62 when, when you pressure him. You don't have the horses up front with Everson Griffin out and Daniil Hunter to just get pressure sending three or four. And, and so they didn't get pressure because they sent three or four the entire final drive. There might have been one blitz in there somewhere, but it was mostly Goff dropping back, playing patty cake, having all day. It takes him an extra you know, second and a half to survey the defense compared to other quarterbacks. And you give him that time and he picks you apart. Why are you not sending pressure? Why are you not dialing up? exotic double a gap blitzes like what you know is it because so barring Kendricks are out and you don't trust your backup linebackers you haven't coached them up enough to run those same blitzes and and you know get the same pressure I mean I was I was watching that drive thinking what is is Zimmer like is he playing chess on another level here like what is he why is he letting Jared Goff just sit back there and and by the way the the, the secondary was playing like eight ten yards off too so Dink, dunk. There was a minute and a half left. It wasn't like there was 20 seconds left to go 80 yards and so just sit back. They had plenty of time to go dink, dunk, spike, dink, dunk, spike, dink, dunk, out of bounds. And they did. They paper-cutted the Vikings to death with Jared Goff because Mike Zimmer was asleep at the wheel on that final defensive drive. Mike said in the postgame that he did. He basically said he didn't trust the coverage. So, well, so I mean, like it he didn't... thought Jared Goff would beat the coverage, but I... But I I'm with you. He thought they beat the, the coverage. He thought he beat the coverage. Like if they sent extra pressure, if, if they sent based if, on what? If, if they blitzed, he thought the golf. Well, and I think that the only way to win is to send the pressure because golf will freak out. Yes, like you can't let him sit back. He there. spazzes. But Mike, but, yes, but Mike. But you know what? Mike doesn't trust his players. Like like Mike trusts a very certain core group of players, and after that, much like Kirk. He's, I think he sees the rest of the players as basically necessary evils, which is the problem. Huge problem. I guess. Yeah. All right. All right. Dex, Dex wrap, wrap up the, the first section of statements here before we get to Randy and Kyle. We'll get bonus statements later. All right. My final statement on the Vikings is Dan Campbell outcoached Mike Zimmer twice this season. In two meetings, Dan Campbell's Lions scored the exact same amount of points as the Vikings did. 46-46. Dan Campbell, with Jared Goff as his quarterback, orchestrated two kill shot drives. Man, Campbell exposed the team's weaknesses and made Mike Zimmer a coach with, like, what, 100 games of NFL experience, uh, Super Bowl winning coordinator, the gutsy calls to go for it on fourth down. Dan Campbell said earlier this week they have to play spoiler. Well, man, Campbell just spoiled the Viking season. And you know what? Dan Campbell doesn't just like football. He loves it. You think you like football? Well, Dan Campbell doesn't just like football. He f***ing loves football. This has been a long time coming. This is what makes it great, man. You know what? It's what makes it hard to win, by the way. But it's also what makes it great. It's hard to win in this league, man. It's hard, but that's what makes it that much more special. I'm so f***ing proud of you guys, all right? 
Man, let's not forget these families over here that we were representing today. Hey, I just want to say that was a hell of a game. We played complimentary football all game, and we stayed in there. Hey, but I want to give it, uh, I want to give this game ball to Coach. Man, oh, Campbell, dude. baby. Oh, I'm, I'm actually like... As as horrible of a of a day as it was for the Vikings on some fronts, like I'm happy for Dan Campbell. That team has not quit on him. I don't think he's a long term great head coach. I think he's more of like an offensive line coach, just a guy to have in the room, you know. But God, they have they have legitimately scraped and clawed and bit kneecaps. I mean, look how many close games they've been in. All four of their games post by, I think, have been decided by like seven points or something. So congratulations to Dan Campbell for shining a light on what needs to happen here in Minnesota. This is what makes it great. A week 13 win for our first win of the season. <laughs> yeah. This is what makes this is what makes my life complete. Give me more <laughs> choked up Dan Campbell. That's what we need. All right, we'll get to bonus statements, but uh, let's pause here for a second and see if we can track down our guy, Randy in Cottage Grove. Not really. Um, as long as we don't get the W, then it doesn't matter what type of game I have. It doesn't matter if I had a... Career game, record-setting game, it doesn't matter. If we don't come out the W, then it's pointless. <laughs> oh, man. As opposed to uh, the guy who throws him the passes. That Hey, listen, as long as I put up my numbers and get that right. next guaranteed contract. But all right, let's get to our guy. He is the most passionate Vikings fan we know. You can follow him on Twitter, at RandyVikes69. Nice. He is Randy in Cottage Grove. Randy, how are you coping today? Uh, no, just numb. It's because of the cold or emotionally numb? The cold, the, the yag, the result, all of it. Yeah, sounds like you're not yeah. doing so hot, man. Too much too much yag? Is that the problem? Because um, yeah, too, much, too much yag, not enough yag, who knows? Oh, boy. I could sometimes in that the best thing you can do is hair the dog. Mm. That kegerator still flowing then with the yag? That two, I got both. I got the other one fixed. Oh, that one broke. That's the, not. You know, we were looking forward to a big tilt Thursday night. That does not going to matter anymore. Well, I mean, it doesn't matter anymore. The Vikings. I mean, let's let's listen. Okay, I know it's a. The Vikings uh, lost a game yesterday. They're they're one game back of the seven seed right now. Okay. The dud stable. Oh, <laughs> that's all it is. That's all it is. Okay. Well, let, let should we okay. just get to the dud stable here? Yeah, I guess. The whole right. season is, is this. Uh, the whole season is a is a is a loss. The whole uh, I don't care who who Zim is is dating. I don't care. Are you? Uh, I just sounds hammered. Are you okay? Yeah. I haven't. St- I I didn't go to sleep last night yet. Today the, the game ended at like three o'clock. So I mean. Okay, we we kept going about it and and figuring out who was to blame and figuring out a plan. We're we're going to work. I hope you can say the same, Ziggy. I don't know if I what would go to work going today to work? if I were you. I might just take a day. We're going to we're going to work fixing what's wrong. Yeah, figuring out um. what's wrong and 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 holding people to ta- to account. That's good to hold, hold them accountable. Start the thing, the stable uh, yeah. now. Oh yeah, the music, yeah, so, the, the music, the music's definitely playing. Going. Yeah. All right. This, this is, is Randy. Uh, this is Randy and Kai Grove. Uh, yeah. Fill back off. 
It should be a stud stable, but it's a it's a dud, another dud. And this is the worst dud because they lost to a loser, a team who had, literally hadn't won, win a game in about a year. Here's some duds. Oh. All right, number one. First off, we're gonna say Adam Thielen. So strap it on and and suck it up. Get out there and, and play. This is a lot at stake now, and you get paid good money to throw a little, throw a little icy hot and get out there. Wow, I mean that was a uh, pretty bad ankle sprain. I mean, it looked like he got rolled up pretty good there. Sprain, right? Tape it up, at number at Thielen. Tape it up. Uh, that's what I do. Number two. Uh, uh, D- Daniel Hunter, where the what? hell were you? Well, I didn't see you flying around at all. Uh, the whole game, you were, lo- you were we couldn't find you with a searchlight. Randy, I'm thinking maybe dud. we just maybe we should just do this tomorrow. Uh, num- and number <laughs> number number four, Dud uh, is going to be uh, <clears throat> number four. Dud is going is going to be uh, the, the number number four, Dud. Oh, he's gone. What? That didn't work oh, out. He's gone. Uh, I don't. I don't. I'm, I'm laughing, and I feel terrible laughing. But I hope someone checks on him. That did not. You know, that did not sound. Good. Can I just broach a little? Can Can I just broach one small thing here? Sure. I, I don't know. The executive producers should have allowed him on our show today. I think you got to be aware of the fact that when he is... I think I didn't um, do proper screening. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, we don't allow a lot of people on now. Very few people, very, very small group of people get on our shows. And uh, mm. I'm just saying, uh, you know, I just, I think we need mm. to vet him. So so, so, so Phil flies halfway across the country. I drive into work and, and you can't even show your face. Into the oh, office. I'm coming in later. Okay. Oh, I'm coming in later right. with some unchained. I'm, I'm just look, look. I am not casting aspersions here. I'm not trying to start a big fight. <laughs> I'm just, I am just trying to shoot her. I am just Granlin. I all I want to say, Nino. All I want to say is, I, you know, I mean, I think we allowed him on. I think we allowed him on the show. Um, S faced, shall we say? I mean, listen. We don't have a huge staff here. We don't have call screeners. We're just we're flying here. Okay, we're we're pumping content. Yeah, it's on Randy to be an adult and to have his act together on a Monday. All right. I look, guys. I'm okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm. I am There's curious. No I, I do kind of want to know who was the super duper dud today, but I guess we'll. I guess we're just never gonna know. We'll never know. Maybe he'll tweet he it. Was, I wonder if he was coherent to actually watch the second half, considering Daniil Hunter ended up on his dud stable. <laughs> I mean, Daniil Hunter should probably tape it up and put some icy hot on there too, man. I mean, come on, it's football here, all right? I, I'm he with him on Adam Thielen. Card. What's Adam Thielen doing there? All right? You're good enough to stand yeah. on the sidelines. You can't get out there as a decoy. All right, come on, he's let's a, toughen up here. High, ankle sprain, high ankle sprain, high ankle sprain yeah. low ankle sprain, mid ankle sprain. I don't care. Season's on the line. Get out there. You guys want to do some bonus statements here? Yeah, <laughs> we, we, we I got I got, more, I got more Viking stuff too in oh, the bag yeah. here. So I, I mean, I know too, the wild. I know the, you guys, well, you guys, you guys fed the wild beast. The wild best team in the NHL right now. I have a statement on it. You guys fed the beast. Let's right, let's clear out the Vikings bag and then All go right. ahead, Judd. All right. You've got to be kidding me. That's my statement. 
And it's regarding the multiple changes made on the offensive line. Three-fifths of your, your offensive line in a December game because one guy was hurt. You decided to alter three-fifths of your line. Zim or Rick or whomever did, did this, or I'm sure it was a multiple group. Uh, inst- now, I'm not a Rashad Hill fan, all right. But Rashad Hill started five games. And you clearly considered him good enough to start five games. So Darisaw is out again now. This time with an ankle sprain, I believe. And instead of saying, okay, Rashad Hill's, you know, no great shakes, but we'll put him back in because we've taken poor Ole Udo and moved him from tackle to guard where he's struggling, no surprise. Um, but, But we should probably leave him there at the very least. And then Mason Cole, who is subbed in for Bradbury at center, has done a nice job. Like, I think he's done a solid job. So instead of saying we will take uh, with one piece out, we'll pe- we'll put one piece in, and it's not ideal, but we'll get by. Against the Detroit Lions, you said we are going to have to alter three fifths of our offensive line, <laughs> and, and of course, you including said everyone... the guy who gives the ball to Kirk through his legs. Yes, like yes, most... and Bradbury. Like last time I checked, he's still not good, and and poor poor Ole Udo doesn't get moved to right tackle. He gets moved to left tackle. I know he's a tackle by trade, but that's an enormous ask. That's a very tough position. And it failed miserably. I'm shocked. Mm. I'm shocked. What are you all thinking? Like, that's a fireable offense right there to be that short-sighted. Like, if you came to me and said, I'm thinking about changing three-fifths of the line, I'd be like, what? Don't do that. I will say, according to Pro Football Focus... This was one of the best games of Garrett Bradbury's career. He had a 77.5 grade out of 100. And I, honest to God, think this might be like one of the three best games of his entire career. Still don't, I still but don't care. Oli Udo was a struggle bus at left tackle. But they yes. just don't. But it's cohesiveness. You know, Again, it's not one guy. I agree. Five guys moving as a unit in unison <laughs> and you're changing three of them into yeah. different spots or just bringing guys off the bench. Yeah, no, I know it's, it's not that shocking that they've struggled so much to put points on the board in the first half. Right. So you got, you know, th- three guys, a quarterback that likes things very particular, three guys, yeah. you know, sort of coming in, not new spots for like Gary Bradbury's a center, but he hadn't played in a month. So, all right. Um, statement for me here, Dan Campbell's grapefruits, might be too big for his own good. I know they won the game, but fourth and one. So vi- the Vikings are down by two. There's what, like four minutes left in the game, and the Lions are facing a fourth and one yes. from Vikings field goal range at their own 31-yard line. And Dan Campbell says, uh-uh, boys, we're going to get this yard. And But even getting that yard didn't guarantee a win because they still probably needed like one or two more first downs. And he says, no, we're going to line up straight up and we're going to jam the football forward for a yard. And it's funny because the Vikings have seven or eight spots you could pick on right now defensively. Dalvin Tomlinson, Michael Pierce, and I can't remember, Tomlinson got hurt. So I'm trying to remember if, if those, so I think those guys were both in the game for that snap. And they they literally like pick the two guys that you don't want to challenge in that spot defensively. And they went right at them. Uh, but somehow, I mean, this was a game of hot potato, man. Like, I don't want, I don't want to win. You, you take it. I don't want to win. You take it. So the Vikings, you know, the Vikings got. I thought, I thought the Vikings were going to go unpunished for that just terrible football game they played. But ultimately, you know, they got beat. But Dan Campbell's grapefruits almost prevented 
that win from happening. Amazing. I liked mm-hmm. it. I respected it. You're you're on eleven. Like I go for it. I'm fine with it. I I loved it. But I it's like if you but if you don't get it, and I get I, I know that what I'm about to say was proven wrong. But like if you don't get it, the game is over the other way. Mm-hmm. But of course it wasn't over because you know the, the Vikings are the Vikings and the Lions are the Lions and whatever. Campbell going for it. John Harbaugh and the Ravens going for the win. Going for the jugular yesterday. I loved that. I I love the. Fourth That's down a little goals. different. I think I love more. I just love the, more fourth the down conversions. A little different than Dan make, Campbell. Make NFL football like well, Madden. Okay, that's what. But I'm the second one they it's passed. Closer. But but that second one he passed on, and of course Goff, as Goff does, freaked out and lost the ball. Hmm. You talking about the, like what are the you Lions doing trying to? I, yes, Jared yeah. Goff. Okay. Yeah. Not, Not me. Up. And I'm sorry. And like, I was. What are you doing? They. Uh, no, it was. That, it was third one. down that they ran right at yeah. Pierce. But and you're talking about Tomlinson. the first one. I. I thought too. The. The first fourth down he ran and didn't get it. The second yes. one he. Went I'm mixing up. Yeah. <laughs> in his own territory, but he had Goff drop back to throw a pass, and of course Jared Goff completely freaked out. Yeah, <laughs> just panicking. It's still yeah. Oh my god. All right, John Harbaugh. I'm with Dex. Yeah, go John Harbaugh. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I have a Minnesota Wild statement. I will say the Minnesota Wild are legit, and the numbers back it up. So I'm going to show you a little uh, little graph here from my dude Jay Fresh Hockey. Does a great job of hockey analytics. He kind of takes a bunch of statistics, a bunch of traditional stats, a bunch of analytical stats, combines them to a composite score, and ranks the NHL teams one through thirty-one. So we'll scroll up here for the visual audience. The Wild rank in the league right now number three. They're the third best team in the league given their statistics from traditional goals to goaltending and power play to also analytics for goal four percentage, goaling allow percentage. So the, the the interesting thing about some of these graphs is you'll see some red on here, again, for the YouTube and visualize, and I'll explain for the audio audience, that they're red, the place where they're, unsuc- they're not successful is their power play. Their power play is one of the worst in the league. They're 28%. But they're five on five, and when they're not on the power play, they're scoring goals the best rate in the NHL. They've actually scored the most goals in the entire NHL this season, and they rank number three in the NHL in that statistic. They also are finishing in front of the net at at a high rate. Only one other team has a better finishing rate than the Wild, meaning they're converting high-danger chances, they're putting themselves in good position, and that's a good thing. Now, their goaltending has gotten better. Their goaltending ranks 22nd right now out of 31 teams. I will say that number was even lower a couple weeks back, but Cam Talbot and Capo Kakinen have looked a lot better over the course of the last few weeks. And the other statistics that kind of offset that is you see goals allowed for percentage, that XGA, which says number three. That means the defense is putting the goaltender in good positions and not hanging them out to dry, so it kind of evens things out where Cam Talbot could be a little bit better but the circumstances in front of Cam Talbot have put the defense and the Wild in good position uh, to not give up bad goals. So the things that they're worst at are power play and goaltending. Yeah. So if they clean those things up even a little bit, not like top five in the league, but Correct. if they clean those things up even a little bit, then like they could legitimately be the best team in the NHL. And I, I would say the goaltending is the thing that they definitely need to improve still and, and be consistent at. Like the hockey if, whisperer was on that. Hockey whisperer you were. A week and a half ago. Hockey yeah. Whisperer was uh, all over like that one. Hockey Whisperer. Yeah, yeah but the, if, if the power play can get a little bit better, but the goaltending can at the very worst be league average, I think this team's going to legitimately make a run. I do. They're projected to get 110 points right now by the regular season's end. Both of those things, though, need, need to come up significantly for a playoff run. Yeah, you, I mean, because you're not going to... You can fudge that right now. You can't fudge that come the spring. Yeah. 
Those are, that's true. So, I feel like the power. If, if you're that good five on five, I feel like the power play and yes. in overtime, like I feel like the power play percentage is going to just sort of straighten itself out to some extent. I but that's just the hockey whisperer that's talking. The, no, I think no. The, we got comments whisper, yesterday. You know what? They want the more the whisperer. The whisperer is like always like sort of defensive and like I think we buy into him all the time. Like mm. like like he's like, well, I just said this, but and we're like, no. Whisper, you go whisper. Like we're the, the whisper is a little insecure. It's been it's, yeah, it's been it's been a few years since you know, it's been a few years case. since he's been on the circuit. All right, as, as my I, ther- mean, I think he's yeah. been on point. As my therapist says, you know, you don't have the need to defend yourself if you're if you got a conviction, <laughs> you you don't have to defend it. Can like, you send the whisper the name uh, of yes. your therapist? Please? Yes, I can. I can. <laughs> all right, Judd. Statement. Mike goes. <laughs> therapist. Okay. Uh, my statement is this: It's about time. Just a quick shout-out, congratulations. Tony Oliva and Jim Cott, both on Sunday, get into the Baseball Hall of Fame as elected by something called the Golden Days Era Committee. Carew and a bunch of uh, ex-players, greats, were on that. But congratulations, Tony O, I believe, 83 now. Uh, this is fantastic. This is absolutely great. and yep. And it's been a long time. Uh, he is, as as Phil knows as well, a complete class act, a great guy. But more importantly, in his prime, a great player. So congratulations to both. Tony I Oliva, I think Oliva in particular is a prime example of, I would rather, for Hall of Fame purposes, give me give me seven or eight great peak years over like, and Jim Cott's probably in the second category, which is like 20 really good years. You know, yep. I could listen to cases for both, but that's why I've been so mad about Johan. San- Johan Santana didn't even reach like the minimum threshold of votes to continue on the ballot because, well, he got hurt and it was so short. It's like, no, Johan Santana and Tony Oliva were considered among the best of the best of their era for like seven or eight years. And then mm-hmm. both fell victim to injuries. And But if a guy was that great from age 23 or 24 until he was 30 or 31, winning Cy Young Awards and batting titles and putting up ridiculous numbers, what do you care if he got hurt when he was 31 and didn't didn't complete the rest of his 30s? I'm with you on this. No, peak greatness. Yep, I agree completely. So, yeah, long time overdue for both those guys, especially Tony Oliva, who I think just people were just like, oh, he got injured. Well, he got injured. Okay, but he was... you know, if, if you're a young listener or a viewer of the YouTube channel, just go to Baseball Reference and look at Tony Oliva before he got hurt. Just ridiculous numbers and was helping drive those great Twins teams of the '60s. So, mm-hmm. um, all right, I'll give you I'll give you uh, one more here. Write this down. Whoa, <laughs> it's all Whoa. wrapped in one. It's a statement and a write that down. Okay. Jax, um, yeah. I floated this on Ventline yesterday. But I want to be I want to be early on this too because we only have but like three on days runway. Yep, on the record, here. the Vikings are going to bounce back and beat <laughs> the Steelers on Thursday night. All right. Yeah. All right, I know that I said it on Ventline, but I just want to make sure this is ironclad again because I gave you the Lions one last week, and everyone thinks like, oh, this is the end. No, no, no. The Vikings love to perk up and show pride. The Steelers have an old quarterback. They just got done with a black and blue game against the Ravens. They're coming off an emotional high. And that bubble will be popped by the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings will beat the Steelers on Thursday night. A statement and a write that down all wrapped into one here. Book it. I believe the kids call this 
feeling themselves. <laughs> this is a heat check right here. Bill is feeling himself when it comes to predictions. I mean, at this point, I can't see the Vikings just completely rolling over. I do think there's enough good players. You know, they're going to get some guys back from injury at some point. Like, Derisaw's going to come back. We're going to get some guys back. Yep. And uh, I'm I'm still absolutely perplexed as to why they decided to let Jared Goff, one for eight for six yards and three sacks under pressure, just sit back there. I think think Zimmer's going to, like, snap out of it a little bit against the Steelers. And, yeah. But, I mean, you know, it's not that hard to say Mike has lost his coaching fastball. Like, what made Mike good yeah. is now not there. Yep. Which is defense, right? Is I mean, last... he's never been the best yes, leader. I mean, he's never like, connected with his players very well. It's like. Who's the last cornerback he developed? Because for a long time, he did a really good job there. Yeah. Like, like who? Yeah, I mean, Dancer's been passable, but like. Yeah, but no. like that last play yesterday, there's no way. Play as far off the guy as possible, yeah. and then we'll see what happens. Yeah. So I just, yeah, I think Mike's lost his fastball. I think it happens. To yeah. People. All right, Dex. Final statement. I'm uh, I'm waiting for this football season to be over. That's just my final statement. Declan's I'm, a ventriloquist right now. Yeah, I'm I'm frozen. I I'm 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 lost for words. I I'm just I'm I'm locked in, and I'm locked in, and I'm looking at I'm looking at the 2022 draft. I'm thinking of days of Kellen Moore leading this Vikings football team. It's uh, it's where I'm at right now. Declan, I do have nice. I, I actually like, I have to get right now. That no. picture look, looks like like a shot that I that I would send to Fox to get you on a show. I am getting my ID <laughs> uh, renewed today, so this will be my ID photo. This will just be oh, this one. I'll just right. give them this. I'm sure the DMB will love that. I love it. So you know what, Phil? I if we if we we were, for instance, to reboot Melrose Place. Would Declan not fit in perfectly? Like if we were to do, yeah, a he'd be uh, Andrew. Uh, what's his name? The Chu. Uh, Andrew Chu. Yeah, Andrew Chu, that guy. Yeah. I great hair, Dex. Thank you. It's a great '90s show. I don't know what that show is. Melrose Place. It was Melrose oh, Place and nine hundred two one zero. That's before we'll Declan's time. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, no, no. But I mean, he. I think he'd like it. Go binge it. Okay. <laughs> binge it. There's like seven seasons, aren't there? Yeah, Dex. I'll, 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 I'll do that for you. I'll, be, I'll get right on that one. For kids, you. kids love the yeah. binge stuff. Yeah. Oh, my God. Don, Don watched it all. Didn't binge it watch. All right. That's a wrap on Mackie and Judd. Daily right. Minnesota Sports Entertainment Complaining Therapy. Let's put let's put stoic Declan full screen there here. There go. it is. All right. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, if you missed Ventline <laughs> yesterday, go check it out. It's the second most <laughs> listened to episode so far this season. You want some therapy? And that's uh, Stoic Declan taking us home here on Mackie and Judd.